The Public News Service Daily Newscast for January the 20th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. As the March 1 primary election draws near, Texas voters are urged to find out what it takes to successfully vote. That after lawmakers there passed laws that severely restrict mail-in and early voting. The League of Women Voters of Texas held an online forum this week asking voters to proactively educate themselves. President of the nonpartisan group, Grace Shamine, says even seasoned voters could get tripped up. The laws that were passed in the last legislative session were huge, and it's a massive change in the election law. Earlier this week, hundreds of applications for mail-in ballots were rejected in Texas counties because voters were using outdated application forms, according to local election administrators. New forms require voters to include a driver's license or Social Security number, which previous forms did not. I'm Roz Brown. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has said the new voting laws will solidify trust and confidence in the outcome of elections. A poll last week by Quinnipiac found Americans are split on which party is more likely to protect their right to vote. The Supreme Court cleared the way Wednesday for release of presidential records from the Trump White House to a congressional committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. That from CNN. They report the corridor means that more than 700 documents will be transferred to Congress that could shed light on the events leading up to the insurrection, CNN notes that only Justice Clarence Thomas said publicly he would have granted former President Trump's request to block the document handover from the National Archives to the House Select Committee. No other justices made an objection public. And an indigenous perspective could provide a way to think more sympathetically about people who are experiencing homelessness, that according to a Native journalist. Frank Hopper had an epiphany about a woman named Amelia who lives outside in his Tacoma neighborhood. He says people were complaining about her on social media, which bothered him, so he decided to bring her some smoked salmon strips. After envisioning ways to help her, Hopper realized it wasn't up to him to rescue her, and that the most beneficial thing he could do was be her friend. Once I understood it like that, it was like all of the knots that were holding things up were untied, and good things just started to happen naturally. Once I started to treat her as a human being as opposed to an object that my community was complaining about and being concerned about. I'm Eric Tegadoff reporting. This story produced with original reporting from Frank Hopper for Yes Media. The city of Tacoma sits on what was once tribal land. Hopper says tribal members have a different relationship to the land, seeing it as something akin to a relative. Hopper says there was no such thing as homelessness before non-native residents came. This is PNS. Critics of Governor Pete Ricketts' call for the Nebraska legislature to fund a new prison argue the money would be better invested in programs that have proven track records for reducing crime and preventing people from entering the criminal justice system. Retired University of Nebraska Lincoln professor Fran Kay has volunteered in Nebraska's prisons for 25 years. She says mental health programs, addiction treatment, and job training programs can reduce crime and make communities safer. Prisons are really kind of an awful idea when you come to think about it. I mean, you don't want to be in a position where you're punishing people after they've done something wrong. You don't want them to do wrong in the first place. Supporters say the proposed 1,500-bed prison listed as a $240 million line item in an appropriations bill will create jobs and is necessary to address the state's overcrowded corrections population. I'm Eric Galatis. 
Kay says Nebraska has done a poor job helping people who have served time heal and reenter society as contributing community members. Open-source textbooks that are free for anyone to use are a rising trend at colleges and universities looking for a way to make higher education more affordable. Now the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, is on board. Students in the freshman seminar at the College of Liberal Arts can save $80 each by downloading their required textbook for free. Professor Denise Tillery says the cost of textbooks can be a significant barrier for many low-income students. A lot of times students will have to wait to buy the textbook until their financial aid has been dispersed or even then they can't afford it or they're scrambling around getting used copies that might be different edition than the one that's being used in the classroom. I'm Suzanne Potter. Students should also be aware of the American Opportunity Tax Credit for educational expenses worth $2,500 a year. If the credit brings the tax you owe to zero, you can get up to $1,000 in refunds. Finally, our Mike Bowen tells us Minnesota is seeing a flurry of utility rate hikes either being considered or taking effect. XL Energy has a pending rate hike before state regulators. If approved, it would boost electricity rates by 21% over three years. Minnesota Power also proposes a substantial increase. Some policy groups opposed to renewable energy are out with campaigns suggesting these plans are solely caused by wind and solar projects. But Isabel Ricker of Fresh Energy says that doesn't tell the whole story, noting there's aging infrastructure to be updated. The fundamentals of our electricity system, the poles, the wires, um, some of the larger equipment at substations. XL Energy does say upgrades would help the utility better transition to clean energy. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. We're heard on radio stations big and small. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.